I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, <laughs> by God, it's uh, it's another one of those news weeks where there's just no news. You know what I mean? Where, I figured we just chat it up. Yeah, we're, so yeah, this we're just going to talk about. Uh, has anybody seen Rise of Skywalker? Or uh, it tomorrow? Looking forward to it. All right, I won't say anything. Um, yes, uh, this is um, and hello everybody out there in. Um, let's see. I got to so today's going to be a call-in show. We're thinking mostly like Christmas recipes. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, what uh, bunt bunt cake. Um, how did it get nothing its name? Cake. Right. Nothing bunt cake. Um, hold on. I got to make sure that uh, YouTube wise, everybody's in the right place on here because it's such a strange little streamy thing. Streamy, like dreamy thing. I'm YouTube wise. Yeah, I, yes, you are YouTube wise. You're wise enough to not try to figure out their new way of getting on the air. Um, so uh, this is we are going in to. The holiday season, literally the the break for most people started last night. Kids got off from school. Everybody, um, you know, there was a uh, it it was a clear sigh of relief almost at the end of this week around me. You could almost feel like my entire neighborhood go, you know, so I don't have to deal with all this nonsense from Trump. And at the same time. Um, figure out how uh, work and life and children and humanity. And I mean, it's, it's nuts. And um, (laughs) I mean, it's been uh, crazy. So the, I don't, I don't, let me see if we can, we can start in one place. I'll, I'll see if uh, you can hear the audio from this one. This is, this one's this, this was, I think the lightest moment in the Trump situation. Um. I have no idea what this could be. Uh, yeah, it's uh, hold on. I have to. I have to. I have to find it on my uh, on my phone. Just to be horrible. This person's burning in hell moment. Is it that? No, no, no. It, that in and of itself, I that was cute. Well, yeah, just uh, just as a, as an aside, just you know uh, a you know a small soliloquy, like uh, you know, like Groucho Marx stepping. Uh, you know, aside and staring right in the camera going figures, strange figures. Um, Trump actually, I think um, <laughs> the Trump dishwashers comment. Did you hear that one? No. Okay. Talk to me about dishwashers. So, well, yeah. So Trump has been doing this thing um, about water lately. I don't know if you've noticed, but he has this very deep concern that that water is not a is not coming out of the pipes the way it's supposed to. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've seen reference to that. And toilets flushing and ten yeah. flushes and all that right. kind of I just I have to flush my toilet ten times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which like what kind of rambling excuse for somebody clogging their own toilet? I mean, this sounds like knowing this man's ego, it sounds like to me they had to call the White House plumber. Because he was tweeting till his legs went numb on the on the can in the in the in in the side bathroom to the Oval Office, which is a sign on the door. No deucing. And he you know, he was in there for so long and his questionable diet caused some ramifications. Yeah, maybe they do just throws down and they and they came in there. They they came in there and (laughs) had to fix it. And it was kind of a big to do. You realize we're like at the ultimate crossroads of my, my you and me. Yes. No, I mean, it's perfect. That's it's incredible. Um, and by the way, uh, thank you, Lisa. Mia. Uh, that's so sweet. I got it. We got a coffee sticker because we definitely need it. This is going to be a, a, a weird show. So Trump has been talking about this water thing for a while now, and no one knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but so he talks about like the showers. There's there's apparently so much water. This goes on with the light bulbs thing that he does, too, which is he likes the old light bulbs because they don't make them look orange, which is this kind of joke somebody laughed at. And now he thinks works. So he plays a lot and he thinks it's his version of self-deprecating. Thank you, Billy. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody from Billy Hutchings uh, in our chat room. Um, So he's been talking about this water thing for a while. Then he starts on this whole thing about dishwashers and 
Right when you think that he can't sound like more elitist because he doesn't know how what a dishwasher looks like when it's working or functioning, like like he gathers all his information about how normal people live from old commercials from the fifties. Um, well, here it is. There is no this. Water comes out. You have areas where there's so much water you don't know what to do with it. You turn on the shower, you're not allowed to have any water anymore. I mean, we do a lot of it. Uh, dishwashers. We did the dishwasher, right? You press it. Remember the dishwasher? You'd press it, boom, there'd be like an explosion. Five minutes later, you open it up, the steam pours out, the dishes. Now you press it 12 times. Women tell me, again, you know, they give you four drops of water. And they're in places where there's so much water, they don't know what to do with it. So we just came out with a rag on dishwashers. We're going back to you. By the way, by the time they press... I mean, that's... A- no one knows what he's talking about, by the way, in his crowd. Everyone is. Well, yes. Well, women come up to him all the time. Along, by the way, along with that friend of his, uh, the, the the Jewish friend of his, whose name has changed four times, who, uh, you know, thanks him for moving me to embassy. And it's it's whoever the richest Jewish person who supports him in the vicinity is that it ends up being them. He was just saying to me. This is the greatest thing he's ever. That, that women tell me because they know about washing dishes. That makes me so angry that like I involuntarily flex my arms. Ah. I'm not like even like that kind of guy. You know? Right. Like, yeah, you get it. Just overwhelms you with macho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amos in our chat room says women tell him keep your hands to yourself. That is pretty much the extent <laughs> of the. Because women squirt him with the hose from the sink. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Get away. Get away. <laughs> I've noticed that the pressure isn't what it used to be. I get much closer to them now. I don't understand this. Uh, there, there. Obviously, there are parts of what he does that the 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 Trump crowd goes for, and basically, they go for those things so deeply, and it's so important to them that they are they have to overlook everything else. Right? I mean the. Christianity Today comes out with this article, which I'm sure you did. You hear about that? The yeah, um, um, which the the magazine, yeah, or or newspaper. Christianity Today comes out with this editorial saying um, Trump should be removed from office, and his response is, um, you know, Billy Graham's kid loves me, and I'm never reading ET again. Now, what he meant was CT, I guess, Christianity Today, but he put <laughs> he put ET. Novelization of ET. That yeah. To be on the pale. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you could tell he watched ET, you know, when it came out in some sort of screening and went, I never had friends. And anyway, so this this thing comes out and they're not willing to overlook this anymore. This was a huge um, step for you know the evangelical community. Now, everyone's saying now that that Christianity today is you know more center or center left or a little more open minded. Kind of leans in the Episcopalian um, zone of things as far as you know. It's definitely not the the mega church pastor you know who hops up and down uh, until her Botox sets loose. Um, going everywhere I stand, God stands. I'm on the White House grounds. It is holy ground, that kind of stuff. It's not in her vein, right? His, uh, you know, so <laughs> this, uh, you know, they come out with what is largely a balanced and logical response to the president's behavior over the last, I don't know how long has he been alive, but um, definitely over the last 35 years. I mean, even going back so far as, um, you know, as, as looking at the, um, you know, how he behaved in the 90s, like that video of him whispering in Jeffrey Epstein's ear that surfaced and Jeffrey Epstein laughs. And my response, like a lot of people was like, can you imagine just that moment when you made someone like Jeffrey Epstein laugh by whispering something in their ear? Would that not haunt you for the rest of your life? Oh, my word. You know, even I'm telling you and believe me, I don't, I don't think I know what makes him laugh. I don't either. And I don't I don't believe it would it would be innocuous uh, what he said to him. But let's oh. let's say it was. Let's say it was literally like 
he's making fun of a dude 10 feet ahead of them off camera, right? A guy who's a complete troll, who's gross. And the two of you are, I'm, this, is the, you. This, oh, <laughs> this, is the, this is the most charitable, don't pretend I'm not standing right here. This is the most charitable version I can give it. You're standing there and, you, and you're at this party. And you're like, this is going to be fun. There's a lot of nice ladies here. You know, you're kind of having your uh, SNL skit life. You know, you're living your best SNL skit life. And, uh, you know, you're bobbing by the bar and, you know, the, the, the John Lovitz like and they, there she goes. That's right. Yeah. And you and you you spot uh, that guy. You you you're standing by the bar with a friend. You're going, well, we might not do well tonight, but we're in a good spot. Like <laughs> and uh, and the and you spot, I don't know, someone like Donald Trump ahead of you and, you know, doing the white man's overbite, really weird hair swoop all that stuff. And you, you know, you lean over to the dude and go, well, as bad as things could be, we're not him. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what, that's all. That was what you, that's what you said to make him laugh. And you know, cameras were rolling and then all this stuff comes out. You, uh, you know, I'm like I said, most charitable version in the world. You barely know the dude and you do this and you would, I, can you imagine in this day and age video surfacing of you asking Jeffrey Epstein to pass the salt and he goes and he pats you on the shoulder as he hands it like everyone in the world goes, excuse me. Um, what, when you asked him to pass the salt, what else did you say? Like, you know what I mean? Like any normal person would be just sweating buckets at the idea that they were around this dude, much less made him laugh. Right. So horrifying. Um, so all that, that's reason enough for a magazine like Christianity Today to go, uh, yeah, we're out. You know, we, we, we won't, we'll stay out because we're a tax-free organization. We'll stay out of politics for the most part. Although I don't know that they have a tax-free status as a publication. There's, the rules, yeah, yeah, the rules are really sketchy about that stuff, um, which I believe they shouldn't be. I think... If you're a religious station, you should not even be able to mention the names of uh, uh, of politicians. You should be able not be able to name drop a party. Nothing. But if you want to pay taxes, knock yourself out. You can opt in. There's nothing that says a church can't opt in to paying taxes on their money. You know what I mean? Like you can maybe. Right, right. Maybe the Congress can't pass a law. They go, yeah, we can speak because we're actually opting in. We're we're denying our 501c3 status or whatever. We're not going to file as one. We're going to be a for-profit church. You know what I mean? You can do that. There's nothing stopping yeah. you, right? So CT may very well uh, be there. And um, uh, obviously, um, Trump calling them ET was kind of gorgeous. Well, I believe passed the break because we were having so much fun. We'll be back. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless, of course, you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit Triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's Triplexiderm.com. This is Tom Harvin, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. Hey, it's uh, the Christmas season, the Hanukkah season, the Kwanzaa season, the New Year season, time for New Year's resolutions or whatever. One of the things you can do, uh, help the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks is a great way to help the show. Um, and, of course, listen to the podcast version of the show on the uh, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Podcast Mega Worldwide. And then, of course, the Wonky Donk, of which there is a new episode um, this week. 
fantastic uh, between with Jackie Schechner and myself, who uh, was l- loving and wonderful and fantastic and intelligent and smart and cool and filled in for Johnny uh, last weekend. She was just great yeah, to have her. She saw that going on. I was like, he don't need me. <laughs> She's fantastic, especially when we start talking about healthcare because she knows. Now, um, that being said, patreon.com slash houseparks. It just makes a good Christmas gift for everybody. Help us out. Also, I'm doing, uh, you know, you guys know I do the cameo videos. Um, I'm doing, I'm giving $5 of every cameo between now and the end of the year um, to uh, Project Angel Food in Los Angeles. They bring hot meals um, and, and food service to people who are living with HIV AIDS or, and now they have expanded their service to people who are terminally ill or are dealing with the terminal illness who God willing will recover. Um, but also need, you know, are bedridden during chemotherapy and the like, and do not have the resources to, uh, to take care of themselves during that period. Project Angel Food is, and they're expanding now to a pilot program all over California. And it is my hope that that takes off as a service and uh, expands to other states as well. Um, and we'll talk about healthcare expansion and the like uh, after, you know, later on in the show as well. But so Trump sends this letter to, um, <laughs> to, to Nancy Pelosi. And it, it, it like, I agree with you, Johnny, that somebody else wrote the first, th- you know, three sentences, the first mini paragraph. Definitely, because it's all very respectful. Yeah. So, you know, I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power. Like this is stuff his lawyer wants him to say. Right. Right. Then we get into like he doesn't even get through. What is it? Two more uh, paragraphs. By proceeding with your invalid impeachment, you are violating your oaths of office. You are oaths. Oaths. (laughs) She takes an oath. She, yeah, right. She takes an oath. I guess maybe he means oath of office as a congressperson and as speaker, though. Yeah, it's we'll kind of the same so one. Much, there's so much left. Let's not nitpick. No, let's add it. You're declaring open war on American democracy. <laughs> yeah, by by uh, impeaching him on two charges that are so obvious that uh, <laughs> that. It is a clear embarrassment that any Republicans even back that part of it. But open war on American democracy. You know who declared open war on American democracy for the record? Vladimir Putin. Hey, I got one right. Yeah. Uh, You dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme, which, by the way, if he's impeached. Foreshadowing. Yeah. If (laughs) he's trying for. That's right. If he's impeached. Pence becomes president. So the whole like nullification and uh, and and coup, the coup argument, which is hilarious. They're not put, we're not putting Hillary Clinton in his place in a generalissimo outfit, you know, where she could stand on a balcony, you know, going, uh, you know, the queen is dead. Long live the queen. Um, but this idea that they're nullifying the election just because you get elected does not give you a license to commit crimes Period. while in office. The election you did like a big public promise to not. The, yeah, your well, hand was on that thing. Your other hand was up in the air. Yeah, the, when you were when you were uh, using, the, I don't know if it's the same hand he grabs women with against their uh, uh, will, but uh, I doubt it because I think he's right-handed. Um, they're so small. I can't tell them apart. I, I'm pretty sure the thumbs are on the outside. That's weird. But anyway, so his hand resting on the Bible and the other one, uh, uh, you know, which is the safest any woman in the area felt, by the way. That's right. Um, it was like making that, uh, that universal sign for cuckoo around his, uh, right. His head. Right. So, uh, it, it was up and you could see it. So everybody felt yeah. whatever you dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme. The election is not nullified. You just don't get to do whatever you want once you get in office. It's just you don't get elected to commit as many crimes as you can in the allotted amount of time. Um, it, same thing happens to police. Same yeah, thing happens to judges, mayors, right? Uh, every governor of Illinois, right? It's it, it's a little bit like your real estate agent, um, move, like on move-in day. 
start setting up a bed in the corner. And you're like, whoa, 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 what are you, what, what, what are you doing? Well, I sold you the house. I get to stay here. Well, that's not in the thing. You just, you sell the house. That's part of your job. Yeah, but look, house is involved. I'm staying. Like, what, what, what makes you think from this point on you're allowed to do whatever you want in terms of this house? That's the same kind of attitude he has towards us. So the idea that it nullifies the election is ridiculous. What nullifies the election is his actions. If you commit a crime that is egregious enough, that qualifies as a high crime or misdemeanor, which this clearly does, um, also, the other argument, and this is aside from the letter, that you keep hearing is this idea that um, he has, over the course of, you know, uh, you know that, that they're in, in nullifying this argument. I'm trying to wrap my head around because it makes so little sense. <laughs> um, really. Uh, should, we have known, should we have known that you try to explain what's going on here could, could lead to this? Well, yeah, because it's such a cul-de-sac of intellect, and I'm so used to logic and reason and actually caring, and there, none of that applies to what is going on. But this uh, this idea that he, uh, you know, well, he believes that the the that Article Two gives him the right to do anything he wants that it it's a king making article, and you know, it, it is part of all this stuff. Anyways, let's we'll go back to the letter, and I'll try and figure it out if he because he mentions it. Um, Yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding and your egregious conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to build. Oh, my God. The, oh. the man thinks he is America. Kind of sounds like he's accusing yeah. of what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Even worse than, uh, than offending the founding fathers, you are offending Americans of faith. By continually saying, quote, I pray for the president when you know this statement is not true, unless it is uh, meant in a negative sense. Oh, my word. Like like Nancy Pelosi takes time out from her day to pray that the president falls down a flight of stairs coming off Air Force One and pulls a, no, a, a president board. What in the world? It is a terrible thing you are doing and you will have to live with it. Not I. Um, wow. Your first claim, abuse of power, is completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. Is a completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. It's a culmination of seven other charges. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are the official ones. Like, there's so much. Well, that's the thing. That's the danger that they get into um, the, is the... They, they live in this zone where the Democrats are in a bit of a bind... That he's done this kind of gish gallop of criminal activity that by, on the one hand, by only charging one crime and going after one thing, you kind of make it the case that all that other stuff doesn't qualify as criminal when it clearly does. And, you know, especially obstruction charges that that Mueller related it. It cre it, I mean, it is like a gish gallop in a de debate. And those of you that don't know what a gish gallop is, it's when you throw a bunch of lies out in your statement, eight or nine, and in a row, or, or 10 or 20, however many you can get out and the speed that you're doing it. And the person uh, ends up <laughs> uh, only having time in their response to deal with the last one, which is an egregious lie that requires a lot of rebuttal. And the other one's are taken as fact because you didn't have time to attack the rest of them. Yeah. So the same thing is true of his criminal activity. He is continuing to do stuff going, if they only go after these one or two things, they, they, you know, they're tacitly saying that the rest of it is, is legal. Um, so uh, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. And hello, Facebook and everybody who's on there. Um, so he, go he goes after abuse of power, uh, you know, as like, as, as, completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. Okay, she didn't imagine this stuff. If anyone in the Congress didn't dream stuff up to go after him for, because A, you don't need to, but it was Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi was spent most of the year tapping the brakes on, on House members who um, wanted to stampede into impeachment because she knew if, if you swing and you miss, you're done. She didn't. Uh, and my theory is that she didn't. She said she didn't whip the vote on the impeachment. Right. She didn't. No, yeah. They didn't sit down with everybody after the 
the judiciary hearing and go, okay, the vote's going to be tomorrow. Everybody's voting our way, right? She, I think, didn't move forward until she knew that she had a plurality of votes. And I think she was, because she's not a stupid woman, uh, is she was aware of the, of the couple of defections that they would have. And, and it, it was either tacit uh, approval or just an awareness that that's, uh, that's related to their district and the like. And you don't want to lose their district to somebody who will uh, want to put women in jail for uh, having a miscarriage. And when you have a choice between somebody who agrees with you 80 percent of the time and someone who agrees with you zero percent of the time, uh, it's an easy choice to make if you're an adult. Right. So um, so you let those people kind of stomp their feet and, and have their protest votes in those moments because, you know, it won't affect the outcome. Um, uh, Sanders and Rand Paul often are that vote in the Senate. God. Right. So, um, OK, so. Uh, we got to take a break. The first charge was abuse of power. And he's like, I had uh, a, a com- totally innocent conversation with the president of Ukraine. Ukraine. I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized and fraudulently misrepresented. That's that shift thing again that he keeps going back to. It is the dumbest part of his argument. If there can be, you know, if we can bifurcate out those parts that are just idiotic versus dumb. It, it it's at, we'll be back. It's the Sports Radio program Mega Worldwide infotainmentwars.com. You're listening to the House Sparks Radio program Mega Worldwide. That's true. So, uh Trump goes on in his letter um, after he, he relitigates the whole uh, part about how uh, he had a perfectly innocent phone call. It was perfect. Phone call was perfect. And Sondland testified um, that I told him no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want President Linsky to do the right thing. Well, understand how the rest of uh, the Republicans pushed back on the testimony that happened before Congress as hearsay, as Someone heard someone else say something and they put the Holmes was sitting right there, could hear the phone up to Sondland's ear when uh, when he was guaranteeing them that that Zelensky would do whatever he needed, which, by the way, didn't turn out to be the case. Can we be can we understand right now the quid pro quo that is spoken of so much was. You go to a microphone, you make a speech that these investigations are going to happen. Again, I was right the entire time back when this stuff all came out. I said, this is not about an investigation. People keep using this thing, quote, dig up dirt on his opponent. That's not what he was doing. They attempted to do it. Uh, Giuliani knew it was a fail. It wasn't working. There was no there there. So what they needed was the recreation of a uh, of the Comey moment from the last election where Comey came out and said there's still an investigation to be done on Hillary Clinton right before the election. And that dampened her vote and, and helped Trump. No question that that's, that happened. He wants a replay of that. So the, the, the deliverable that Sondland is arguing for is go to a microphone, say there were ro- reopening investigations in 2016 and Ukraine meddling. It wasn't Russia. It was Ukraine. And uh, that we're looking into Burisma and Biden say it into a microphone, you'll get a working meeting in the Trump White House, which you desperately need um, uh, to let the Russians know that we're on your side, not theirs. By the way, Trump has had two meetings with Sergey Lavrov, former KGB uh, member uh, in in the White House with no note takers, but no working meeting with Zelensky. So he Zelensky ultimately did not do that. He did not go to a microphone. He was supposed to have this... Fareed Zakaria interview on the 12th. But because of the Politico story coming out, the White House was forced to release the money. Bolton says he was the one who made OMB release it. Um, It's super weird. But it had to be released by a certain date because it was a two-week window of of them having to need a reauthorization from Congress to put it out. 
because the fiscal end of the year was coming on October 1st. They were they were scrambling for this deadline. They knew the money was going to go out the door. They had to make Zelensky think it wasn't going out the door unless he said so. It was going out the door anyways. So the thing was, the, the quid pro quo was announce these phony investigations, which, by the way, will go nowhere and they know it, but announce it so it puts suspicion in the mind of the voter, which is a psyop. It is literally psychological manipulation of the electorate using a foreign influence campaign. You go do that, Mike, you'll get a working meeting. Zelensky never went to that microphone, never gave that speech. Zelensky has never had a working meeting in the White House. The quid pro quo is still ongoing. Can I, I, I don't know how that can be clearer. Yep. The aid was released because Trump doesn't have the right to not release the aid. He could delay it on some reason, you know, if, if there was like the, if the DOD or the NSA had come to him and said, we have issues with this money being released because it's dangerous. We're worried about where it will go. They had all signed off on it months before. He was using this for personal gain. That's all this is about. So um, this whole no quid pro quo, I want nothing, I want nothing. That statement came after the political uh, article came out um, when it was it was fundamentally clear that Somebody in OMB under Trump's direction, because he was the only person who could give that direction, had held up the uh, the funds. And in exchange for this, quote, dirt on Biden, which is, again, it wasn't that it was the announcement of an investigation. Can we just remind everyone in media to say what it actually is? Because it, it presumes something awful. So anyways. It, that whole no quid pro quo, I want nothing, I want nothing statement that he allegedly said to him in frustration is because his lawyer said, if they find out there was a quid pro quo, we're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. That's that's what that's the result of. That's I mean, it is literally like being caught in the middle of a bank robbery. You know, the cops are storming in. You throw your gun on the ground, rip off your mask and go. I was just here making a deposit. That doesn't mean you were there. You weren't there. You only started, you didn't try to make a deposit when you came to the bank with the gun and the mask on. You were robbing the place. It doesn't become true just because you change your statement after you are caught. So, okay. Uh, so the no quid pro quo thing I call BS on. Okay. And then his next thing was the second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress, is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected president of the United States for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both political parties throughout our nation's history. Okay, not true. The obstruction of Congress charge that comes to specific to Donald Trump comes from the fact that he gave a blanket, no cooperation uh, order to his staff and the people in charge of those documents, even going so far as not allowing Sondland access to his own internal calendar so that he could get his story straight for Congress. Because he went uh, because he went around the order and testified anyways, because they'd already caught him in a lie. And if he didn't go back and testify and they wouldn't let him do it behind closed doors, he was going to go to jail. Sondland had to go back and testify again to clean up his perjury. Because they let you do that. Go back and change your statement, sir. If you'd like to sit down and tell us the truth, which we have on paper right here. See this paper? This is the truth. This is what you said. This is what really happened. You want to come down and sit down here and tell us that this is what happened because we know this is what happened? You get that chance. If you don't do that, contempt of Congress, uh, lying, and you end up in jail like Michael Cohen. So the... You know, Sondland had to go down and go around the president's orders. Mulvaney, uh, Rick Perry, everybody else who was involved in this stuff, they don't, he's given them a test, don't cooperate, give them nothing, no, don't show up across the board, not, look, there are certain things that uh, these people were working on two separate projects and they fold together and having them testify would endanger uh, American lives and our national security. Um, all you know that's crucial, right? Yeah, and that that that's been done on a bipartisan level from previous administrations forever. 
this has not. Trump's uh, blanket immunity that he is saying everybody has from testifying and providing information is the point of the obstruction of Congress rule because he is trying to just lay a big wet blanket over it all. And and there is, you know, a monarchical streak in a big bunch of these folks, including William Barr. William Barr is one of these people who has always been about the Supreme Executive. Because A, they don't trust the electorate. They don't like the human beings that are out there. And this idea, by the way, that they're only worried about the the changing demographic as their primary fear. Um, While I don't doubt that some of them are haunted by it, the Stephen Millers of the world. But in a bunch of these districts, the, the working class white folks in those areas aren't buying it either. That's what they're afraid of. Oh, yeah. And this existing demographic, right? If it was, if it was the future demographic, the plan would be some sort of a long game disenfranchisement instead of this like kind of permanent disenfranchisement and dampening of the vote um, that they do all the time. They've been doing this since the '80s, before even the news of the demographic shift happened. The Paul Weirich quote. All right, that's the one. The goo goo syndrome, you know, good government. They, you know, Democrats want everyone to vote. This is true. I want everyone to vote. Even if you disagree with me, I want you to have the right to vote. And I want you to have the right to free speech and free assembly, uh, peaceable assembly. It's kind of important. Um, But Republicans do not. And if you ask them, you know, in an honest moment, they are not for one person, one vote. That, uh, that's why they are Republicans and why Democrats are Democrats. They are fighting for the democracy side of this argument. Republicans are fighting for the Republic side of this. We got to take a break. We'll be back. It's the House of Radio program, Mega Worldwide. We'll take your calls after the break. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. WCPT820.com is the website uh, with links to getting all your favorite uh, liberal talkers and in one place. Uh, they have a, a SoundCloud with links to you can download the shows that any of the shows that aren't on the Sexy Liberal podcast. That's one of the ways you can get them. So check out the website. And uh, I, I, of course, have HowSparks.com, which has a calendar of my events, which we're updating very soon, I promise, because we just added a bunch of new dates. Um, second week of January, I will be in Overland Park, Kansas um, at a comedy club there, followed immediately by New Jersey the following weekend. Uh, my boss can't make it. I invited her to the show. I was like, hey, who's coming? And she was like, no. Oh, uh, well, well, we'll do a special fly-in or something like that. And um, that's right. Uh, and uh, and more more shows to be announced as well. January 11th, um, Nerd Halen will be at the Gas Lamp in Long Beach. Um, and uh, that's, a, that's a good time. We had a great that's show. Fun. We had a great show, I got to say, at uh, uh, the Viper Room on Wednesday night. Let's play Everybody Wants Some. Yes, we do. Yay. It's our second song in the set currently. Um you know what? Uh, you know, and some and some people know from my standup that I do a bit about ever um, about uh, uh, somebody get me a doctor from from the story about uh, when David Lee Roth was an EMP EMT in New York. You know, he's a trained oh, yeah. EMT. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, it's uh, which I, you and I just know as a fact of something that happened in life. Yes, but everybody else thinks I'm making up, right? Yep. So, um, and Carl in the chat room says he'll be at the gas lamp. Hooray. Um, thanks for coming uh, guys to the, all the gigs and, uh, and everybody in the blue patch brigade who comes down. Um, love you guys, all the Patreon supporters. Fantastic. You guys also in the Patreon, uh, group get the wonky donk video podcast, the vodcast of that. Um, the audio is only is, is available on the, the sexy liberal podcasting network, but you can see the lovely and talented Jackie and I live on camera. Um, if you become a, uh, a, 
a supporter of the show. So give that, that, and that's for free. And I do the show for free. This is all just extra stuff. You get extra stuff for doing this, but what you're really doing is supporting the show so it exists. And I thank you for it more than I can imagine. And, and the, the lovely and talented uh, Rob Glenn, who um, uh, gifted us the laptop that actually runs the show now. Thank you, Rob. Bless you. Um, is uh, we have a phone call tomorrow, he and I scheduled to come up with a premium gift for all the Patreon people that will be uh, milled on his 3D cutter that he has. Um, uh, we're, oh, yeah, we're brainstorming. I'm very excited about it. So, but it's going to be an anniversary gift. So people who, who are like six month or, or, or longer supporters, they'll get it. Does it have to be related to you? Can it just be like a baby Yoda or something? <laughs> yes, it has to be related to me. It's all about me. Whatever. And I, I don't want to get fined by Disney. <laughs> For relief, for, for giving away. Take you down so hard. Oh my God! For like handing out stainless steel uh, baby Yoda necklaces, I'm I'm in prison for what? Right. I'm definitely. Oh boy. I'm definitely. King order would be rough. Oh, horrible! I'm definitely getting the top bunk. Um, so, <laughs> all right. Let's. I think we have some callers, so let's uh, jump in and see who they are real quick before I get on another rant. Uh, we're almost near the first break, and I do that. So, uh, who do we have there, Devin? First, we have Jeff out in Mississippi. Excellent. Hey, Jeff, welcome. No, it's Seth. And it's CEO from the chat room. Oh, yeah. How are you? I'm doing okay. And by the way, if, if you do ever give me a Patreon gift, I hope it's... I'm willing to settle for a watch. Just give me a watch and I'm happy. <laughs> a watch? Okay. That's great. We'll, and we'll make a whole watch. I, I will make... Um, some HSRPM watch faces for Apple watches and Fitbit watches. Maybe that, I, does that count? Maybe I could do that. Um, yeah, anyways, but, um, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, by the way, you sound slightly underwater. I'm just saying. So yeah, it's my Bluetooth headset. Hang on. Right. That's all right. Gamers. We are all, so I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Go ahead. Get your opinion I wanted to get your opinion on something. Um, so, on, so on my local news station, they were talking about um, a high school out in Long Beach, Mississippi. They were showing the impeachment hearings being played out on TV and making the students watch it uh-huh. and because it'd be a learning experience. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, the weird thing is, you know, this might make you guys feel a bit old, but when I was in third grade and when Clinton, I was in third grade when Clinton got impeached. Not once yeah. did they ever show any news clips when I was in the third grade. Ah, I think I know why, though. I think yeah. I think I kind of know why, you know. Uh, I think Johnny because, answer. yeah, um, Johnny, I think is right there with me. What What do you think the reason is, Johnny? I think because it wasn't about no knobs with the Trump. That's right. Woo! That's th- my political response. Right. I think the I think the real reason was the topic of conversation in the Clinton impeachment right. was not family friendly. Whereas uh, articles about this and, and abuse of power when talking to a foreign government and the and the laws around that are a conversation worth having. Now, again, whether or not third graders need to be watching that at that point is a debatable point. Um, I, uh, I don't know, but, but definitely like middle school, high school, social studies uh, classes. I think that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, there's no way a third grader is going to get anything out. Of and taking clips from it would be a mistake because that would uh, unfortunately um, create the illusion of bias for whomever didn't like the coverage. So you kind of just have to go, we're going to watch about 20 minutes of it. I don't know what they're talking about right now. We're just going to go in live to it. And then we're going to discuss afterwards if you saw anything about it. Now, it's a little hard to keep order in your classroom if if your kids suddenly start thinking that that's what a disagreement about policy looks like. You know, that when the Jim Jordans and the Collins people like pipe in. Um, it's a little hard to kind of say like, okay, keep your voice down, state your point, but you don't have to yell. Like if you're trying to keep a class together, I wouldn't recommend it any more than I would recommend the sort of British parliament side of thing. Order. Order. 
Right. For the record, Howard, I, 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 attended, I, I attended high school in, in Biloxi or in Gulfport, and, uh, and we had a debate team class, but we were allowed to scream our heads off. And, but I never attended that class. I wish I did if I'd have been more right. politically active back in those days, but I wasn't. But, yeah. But from what I heard, everybody was allowed to scream their heads off over anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that as a methodology. I'm just not, I, I mean, I, I, and I modern debate tactic, unfortunately, if you watch how debate teams work together, um, they, they speak so fast because someone else is keeping track of the debate. So it's, they sound like the dude selling micro machines in the eighties and (laughs) nineties, you know, they, they, you know, um, they're bringing this whole like Brian Williams complaining that he had to complain. They read like that because it's it's almost like there's a judge sitting there checking off. Well, they made that argument. They made that argument. They made that argument. And then the other side has to refute, refute, refute. And so the the baseline of it ends up being this kind of stylistic speed talking thing. When ultimately a debate is about being able to convince people who may not agree with you either are diametrically opposed, which is the the gold standard of debate. You can convince people who are against you that you are correct in your argument or people who are simply have made no decision. And those folks are, are primary to who you are attenuating your debate to. If you're just trying to, you know, check off boxes for a judge, you're not really learning a debate strategy. Not that's useful anyways. And so I, I, I think it's a, right. So it's probably, it's probably a good thing I didn't take part in debate team in high school then. <laughs> That's true. Cause I, I don't think you, you and I need any more reason to get kind of wound up and yell. I, I, I mean, I find myself tamping it back as well. Um, even, you know, it's interesting my too. My favorite Theo song. Uh, which one wound up to yell? Wound up and yell. Oh, wound up and yell. That's, wound I, up and yell. I, yeah. I thought that was in the, uh, uh, on the rock star soundtrack. Um, no, that was stand up and shout, <laughs> stand up and shout. Right. Um, so anyways, we're going to look, see what you did. EO. We got diverted. Now we got to take a break. Um, thanks for calling in brother. I appreciate it. Um, we'll be back right after this. It's that it's the house parts radio program, mega worldwide on WCPT radio, Chicago's progressive talk, infotainmentwars.com, patreon.com slash house Come on, come on. You enjoy the show for free all year long. It's a couple of cups of coffee a month. I mean, yes. You watch it. You check yourself, young man. (laughs) I'm here every week. You check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm here every week. Rain or shine. I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, Yeah, healthy or ill. We'll, We'll be back. That's the truth. Now let's get back with Hellsparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. The, by the way, we, we got sidetracked from the letter, uh, the six-page letter, which goes on and on. L- l- this is actually, I'm going to read to you, a, this is a, a whole paragraph. This is all by itself. This is separate from all other text. He just wrote this, and this needed to stand out on its own, okay? You are the ones interfering in America's elections. You are the ones subverting America's democracy. You are the ones obstructing justice. You are the ones bringing pain and suffering to our republic for your own selfish, personal, political, and partisan gain. Really, dude? Really? Uh, uh, That's a mindset. uh, Well, I well, it's it's a. Again, it's a he does use sort of the gish gallop aspect of things like just throw the accusations um, at your opponent and and hope that there are enough of your supporters goes, you know, go around. Yes. Anding it like a bad improv troupe. Um, let's take a, we got another couple callers. So, um, yeah. yeah. Who do we have first? Next, we have Robert out in Florida. Excellent. Oh, hey, Robert. Hey, uh, I hey, wish you how you doing there, pal. Sure. Good to hey. see you. Huh? Say what? Kiss? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yep. Sound okay, I just yep. want to wish you and everybody a happy holiday. All right, let's Thank you. With, uh, two little two-faced things real quick, real fast. I'll let other people talk today. Um, 
you know, he keeps saying Robert, that, you, uh, you know, the you're Ukraine... You're not from Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh, my accent's uh, New York, Rochester, but I'm not giving that away. Okay. You know, I, I've earned mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so anyway, I don't... Uh, go ahead, yeah. Before, before I was rudely interrupted there... <clears throat> <laughs> Johnny. All right. Uh, That's me. Which uh, Donald always says that Ukraine was the one interfering in the elections and this, that, the other. You know, that's what he's got to go with. You know, he's, he said yeah. that, he laid that down, and he's got to say, but here's the thing. Why doesn't one Democrat stand up and say, yeah, and that's why we sent a lot of legislation that parked in the turtle's uh, shell over there about protecting the next election, you know? Right. If you were sincere and genuine about election security, then you would actually pass yeah. something and then protect our elections. But, you know, you know why he doesn't, because it's not true. Um, right. The other thing. <laughs> well spotted. Thing we, we need listen. We've been given a, a beautiful gift this week by the the evangelical guy with the not ET, whatever yeah. ET or whatever whatever the religious CT, thing. right? Yeah. Yep. So basically, we got something there. We got to do what they do. We got to conquer and divide. Basically, we got to say and start a whisper campaign that you know what that that editor. Well, he you know he he got his marching orders from Pence. Yeah, Pence is the really one the one that started this well, whole. Uh, that's interesting. You know, he's the whistleblower <laughs> for this. You know, he's the he's the reason. You know, because you know, I let him go out and have a you know a shake his head and said maybe he is Pence back there trying to get me out of here. You know, even if it's not true, we just got to get them to hate each other. You know, and and then we win. Well, oh, they kind of. I I appreciate the tactic. I'm glad you're thinking technically. They, by the way, they do. Um, they don't like each other. There, there's been there's a lot of you know stories about friction between them. My theory is, by the way, from a Democratic standpoint, is because this news has been coming out lately that, you know, that Pence knew all about this. Um, you know, it, he was clearly a, you know, a, uh, a, a part of it. He was carrying those message um, messages back and forth. He was, there's no way he was out of the loop, right? And right. in, the, yeah, in the fact that he knew um the strategy would be uh, Pelosi's Pelosi wants to make sure that there there's going to be at least at the semblance of a trial happening in the Senate before she pushes the articles forward, before she delivers right. them to the Senate and they begin to act on them. Then, as that happens, let's say in the middle of that going on, because she doesn't have anything on her docket, they've got people over there that is going to be that are going to be running. Uh, this the managers will be in charge of delivering this to the Senate. There might be a couple of weeks of this. There might be three days of it. But the first day of it, maybe the second, if there's going to be they know for one uh, that it's going to be a second day. Then you um, put forward uh, an, an, an a, ju- a judicial committee or intelligence committee, then judicial committee investigations into what Pence knew and when. Right, but here's a that's, better way to do it. Hell. Yeah. I, I agree with you, and yeah. I think that's probably the strategy. But you know, that is, yeah. Let Donnie, Donnie's never really wanted Pence. Remember how that uh, he got all excited the day that Pence's plane almost crashed into LaGuardia? You know, right. he, he really didn't want. He, he knew that he knew he needed the evangelicals to show up and vote for him. But at this point, mm-hmm. I think he thinks he can convince them of anything that he can actually walk on water. So basically, if you give him an out, which he always wanted to put Ivanka on the ticket or one of his kids on the ticket, you know, someone he knows that God forbid, well, now it's too late because he's been impeached. But if you ever was to get impeached before, he would have a full pardon on the other other side of it. You know, and but but basically, I, I yeah. really think that. Uh, I, I do do know this. I think Nancy is calculating. Maybe maybe she does what you say, but even if she doesn't do what you say and the, and it does get to the Senate and it does have teeth, you know, and they get the witnesses they yeah. want through the courts, I yep. think Pence is a dead ticket. He couldn't win Indiana last election. How the hell is he going to win the national election? I mean, nobody likes that guy. Nothing. Nobody, you know? Right. Well, that's more charisma. You know, I I agree. I mean, I think that's what you hear a lot about people is like if we if Trump goes out, we get Pence who's worse, which is nonsense um, for two reasons. One, Pence would at least give the illusion of not being a gangster for his own benefit. So he has he has got an entirely different crowd. He is trying to uh, protect himself in, you know, he's got a that's his his soft landing is in the Christian community. It always has been. And if he loses right. that, he's it, 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 after the office, he's messed up, he's done. And and he wants a legacy. He actually does care. He's also not hooked into this gangster world the way Trump is. This isn't this right. hasn't been his modus operandi. It isn't there. Secondly, he's not 
He's not the dude you reelect. He does not have the Trump cult. The Trump cult does no, not support right. Pence. There's, there's no reelecting. There's no way he runs against any. Pence is not going to run against any of the Democrats and win. Just not at all. And if he's and, uh, what's he going to run on an accomplice ticket who, you know, and yeah. and who he would bring in with him to satisfy the Trumps, you know, the Trump crowd, who's going to be Pence's Trump VP? You know what I mean? If you're talking about satisfying the other side of the ticket. Oh, my God. You know, so is he going to run with Jim Jordan or Nunez? Yeah, yeah, Jim Jordan, Nunez. Uh, John, yeah, John Voight would be perfect. Uh, but there, it just there's no there there. There is there are no weirdly sycophantic rallies. There is no Lindsey Graham backing Mike Pence. There is no. Scott Bale, maybe, you know. Okay. Well, listen, Sal, I mean, it's true. Talk. I love you. You're killing me today. You, you know, America, you. America. America. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Uh, have a good oh, time down there. America loves Chachi. That's the important thing. Um, President Trump feels very deeply that the American people know that Chachi's got their back. Um, and again, uh, you're not going to catch me being one of those people who thinks artists and musicians and actors don't have a worthwhile political voice. <laughs> um, just on that alone, I'm not going to, you know, uh, it's 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 how you're capable of backing up what you say in an argument as opposed to America. You know, that doesn't help. Um, so. All right. Um, well, I, what happened to Chachi? Um, I don't know that that wasn't always true. And sometimes the party shifts under your feet and you wake up and the people around you are more extreme than they were when you were younger and you followed them along because you're your friend and your echo chamber, your circle has gotten more intense about this stuff. It happens with so on board for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, the. The, you know, people on the left have that, too, to some degree. You know, I even talked about when I was on Doris show about, you know, I, I make a joke that I'm a radical centrist now because, right. you know, God forbid we should actually listen to people. Um, and I don't mean I don't mean the Republican Party right now. I mean, there, it, I've said this before, but in the Repu in the Democratic Party, you can have a conversation, a legit conversation between liberal and uh, conservative genuine philosophy. Right. What you people really believe certain things and you can work that out. You can hash that out in a Democratic setting. The, the Republicans have gone off the deep end. That's not who I'm talking about. But um, what used to be um, sort of really left liberal, you know, the most liberal senator in the world, you know, the most liberal congressperson people used to warn you about is pretty normal. Yeah. But not just in the Democratic Party, but across the board in the United States, as far as support for gay rights, women's rights. Uh, uh, overall, um, there's kind of a normalizing of that stuff. You know, the country has, you know, has moved from what used to be called center right to, I would argue, center left. Um, and you can fight the, um, the overcorrection. Both parties fight overcorrection all the time. But those voices, those extreme voices are also valuable because they show you that, um, you know, they're they're pathfinders, they're scouts into the wilderness of ideas. And sometimes they come back with bad news. Sometimes they come back, you know, you know, with with uh, a giant beard and with weevils living in it and having eaten the, you know, like Donner party, the rest of the people that were with them going, I found the way to the sun. You know, like, okay, I think we, we let's not go down that path. There's not enough food and people go nuts. And, um, and that's true of, of, you know, the tea party Republicans and the, you know, the freedom caucus. Um, and it's, and it's true of, of, you know, like the Antifa world, I would argue. Right. So, it doesn't dis it. It doesn't take away the value of people who explore in those areas and seek to find a better path that may not have been walked before. But you can't convince everybody to just run down that trail unless you can prove that it's a viable path. And that's what the debate is all about. Right. That's what that's why we have democracy. That's why you weigh it against the what will happen in future. And it's it's an incredibly valuable it's 
it is the value of democracy. Um, it, it, the folks that argue like it, it would be a great monarchy if it was my side who don't realize they sound just like George Bush are weird. We got to take a break. It's the Housemark Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, we'll be back right after this with more of your calls. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. I got to quit being surprised by that. It's great. Um, by the way, um, we have a, a bunch of callers jumping in at the tail end, um, of course, um, but we'll, we'll only have time for a couple. So let's grab the one that was on the longest uh, first. First, we have Alan out in Crown Point. Cool. Hey, Alan, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Hale. I, I just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. And you're, Thank you. You're you too. I want to mention, too, Ike. You mentioned him last week. And we, we're going to be praying for Ike and yep. all your family during this season for any treatment that he's been going through or will go through. And we just wish that all the best for Ike and God be with him. And, and then we celebrate the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. So I just want to thank right. you for what you're doing, Phil. Absolutely. I appreciate that call. And thank you very much. And Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. And, and I'm sure Ike appreciates it um, to no end. We, I mean, he's, he's always been a valuable voice over the last couple of years as I've gotten to know him as he calls in. Um, you know, we have a nice family here in, in our chat room of regulars and people who join us and, um, and those who have called in, um, uh, you know, and, and by the way, Carl from Nashville, if you're out there, Merry Christmas. Um, appreciate it. Let's grab another call real quick. All right, next we have Peter really out in Chicago. Cool. Peter? Yeah. Hello, Hal. Um, hey, go ahead. Democrats have some... I'm sorry? Go ahead. Yeah. You there? Yeah. Hey, the Democrats have severely uh, hit the presidency, the office, by impeaching Trump. Uh, Why? And now... Well, Why? Ab- abuse of Congress. So any uh-huh. house that doesn't get what they want can charge abuse of Congress and impeach the president. Uh, no, well, the standard that they uh, the standard that they put forward. Hold on, wait. The standard they put forward was the blanket immunity and the blanket uh, denial, and not the any any president can specifically uh, offer reasons for why they will deny certain people, individuals to come. But the idea that okay. no one on staff, no one will be allowed and no documents will be given, even those that pertain and do not have any reason to be held back. That's what caused the yeah, obstruction charge. Like it was the blanket. Problem. No, it was, no, it was the blanket charge of it. None, no other president has ever done that. When things like that are done, you go to the courts and the courts decide it. The third branch of the government. Second, yeah, but this was they're, they, they believe that he's in an, he's in an ongoing criminal uh, enterprise in regard to his ma- and manipulation of it, and the election is coming up. Yeah, but they also believe that hookers in Russia were peeing on the guy. I mean, come on. That wasn't a charge. That never. Well, no, no, that never ended up in any of the charges, did it? No, not the charges, but that's what they were claiming. Who cares? That doesn't end up being a legally valuable element of the of the equation. There's a lot of people that believe that the the pre, that the president. By the way, um, there's a lot of people um, that believe that the president himself, um, you know, was engaged in all kinds of stuff, or that or that there's a Clinton body count or that kind of stuff. Right. Who and I cares? No, during hold on during the whole thing about Whitewater and the, the like the Vince Foster stuff that was all ongoing during the impeachment around the Lewinsky affair. It had no bearing on the fact that he had done something illegal and he got called on it. And that's what happens. The point is, is Ambassador Salmon himself, under direct testimony, was asked, "Did the president tell you?" He said, "No, I presumed." You can't impeach someone. Um, presume second and third hand knowledge. The Democrats and, and the well, then you can't then you can't consider what he said exculpatory either. The proof is Schumer wants more witnesses because he knows yep. that the House screwed it up. And if you guys can't admit that, then that's fine. Go ahead. And no, there's this is a trial. And they've also. It, it, this is a trial. You cannot have a trial without fact witnesses. This look, the way this lays out legally is very normal. There is nothing weird about any of this stuff. The House, the the House, Noah, the House Intelligence Committee, 
was effectively the investigatory part of it. The Judiciary Committee did the indictment that, and the Senate does the trial. If you don't want an actual legal proceeding or you think that shouldn't be allowed in any legal case, then make the case that our, that our jurisprudence concept in the United States has value. Otherwise, stop pretending you care about the rule of law. No, 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 no. Like, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. If you don't care, if you don't care about Russia interfering in our elections, for example, if that doesn't bother you, then say so. don't allow conservatives to talk. You overthought them. What conservatives? You're not a conservative. I'm not talking to a conservative. And that's fine. I'm talking, no, I'm talking to somebody who will defend Trump no matter what he does. This has nothing to do with conservatism. He's done nothing wrong, though. What he has done... He withheld military aid to get benefit for his political campaign. He withheld, no, he withheld military aid and uh, from an ally to benefit his political campaign. No, no, no. Himself. Yes, yes. Amongst all the corruption. That's what he held the aid for. No, he didn't. You know, what, when, is he, what, uh, when has he ever cared about corruption up till now? In, in Russia, for example, Vladimir Putin has a, he makes 143, wait, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Vladimir Putin makes $143,000 a year and has a $200 billion net worth. Has Trump ever complained about corruption in Russia? Erdogan has murdered his own people and he gave him tacit input to go into Syria. Does he care about corruption? Has he ever cared about corruption anywhere it didn't benefit him personally? No. I've collude with Russia, and you guys keep going back to Russia. He's been tougher on Russia than Obama ever did. That's not true. That's not true at all. Everything he's done, everything he's done to, uh, to sanction Russia was by an over a veto proof majority vote in the Senate from House bills. He didn't want to do any of this stuff. And he's been trying to fix the sanctions. That's what this whole thing is about. Goofball. Bye. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great holiday. See you later. See you. Later. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Devin. Um, yeah, I just I mean, it was fun. Uh, was Why always at the end. Well, because they, they, if they, they feel like they can, you know, gish gallop to the end, you know, and I get jammed for time, so I won't be able to answer certain things. And then you go, well, the things you didn't answer are things you don't, you know, I'm right on. That's how it works. It's a game. I wonder if he got a like a gift card to the Olive Garden for that or something. Uh, no, he gets a free taco bowl at Trump Tower if you go if, if they allow you in. But of course, you know, m- most of the people who defend Trump largely um, on, on a working class level aren't welcome. Um, that that being said, how much like on a personal level he would hate his supporters like just when he saw them. Yeah, that's the irony is I, I would spend more time talking to them uh, in, a, in a conversation than he would. I have no doubt about that. I'll argue with them. You know, and, and here's the thing to anybody who says that people shouldn't be talked over or that's a sign of disrespect or whatever. Look, I talk to you. If, if I don't respect you, I'll just let you talk because I think you're a child and I, I'm not worried about having a conversation with you. I, I, I to me, arguing with you. You know, vehemently back and forth and overlapping with you and pushing my point means we're in a we're engaged and I respect you as a human being. If I don't respect you as a human being, I'll let you I'll just sit back and let you talk because I I I don't take you seriously at all. So there Hmm. Uh, stick around for the post show. You guys are wonderful. Johnny Million. Merry, Merry Christmas in our relationship. More hell. Uh Oh, Um Hey, Devin, working on that mute button for him, right? Okay, so we'll have a great holiday, my brother. Uh, we'll see you guys next weekend. Uh, we'll be reporting live from, uh, I'll be in Cleveland, actually. Yay. Which is lovely, yeah. So um, have a wonderful Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy winter solstice, which is today. Um, take care of yourselves and take care of somebody else. Devin, thank you so much. Give Doris a big hug for me. Everybody at the station, Matt, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week.